Um, okay, so we're getting ready to start the uh, second parak. So I'm going to share with you actually a, um, you know, share the screen just for a minute. It's not the most complicated case. We've done this case before, but it's just good to see it. I think just get ourselves back uh, acquainted. So I'll share with you the screen. Okay. From the beginning of the second parak. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get started. I'm starting with the case, again, that we, uh, we've seen before, but as always, good to remind ourselves exactly where we are. We actually quoted this Mishnah at some point. Um, okay, so the Mishnah uh, on the bottom of the page begins as follows. What does it mean? What is, what, you know, how do we understand the case of the brother, right, of the original man, right, who passes away? Um, and that brother is Lo Hayabo Lamo, right? Which we had actually multiple uh, accounts and possibilities as to what exactly it means that he wasn't in the world. Uh, the, the mission will give its own, uh, the, its own case um, and explain it right now. So let's just go through the case and we'll see how the Gemara, how the Mishnah defines this case. Aishis uh, Achiv, the wife of a brother who was never in the world. So what does that mean? As follows. Shnei Achim. There are two brothers. You look on the screen, two brothers, Ruvain and Shimon, two brothers. What happens? Umeis echad mehem. Right? And one of them dies. The assumption that the mission doesn't say out loud is that one of them, that Ruvain is married. Right? So Ruvain and Shimon are two brothers. Ruvain is married and Ruvain dies. And what happens? Vinola lehen ach. And then after Ruvain dies, a third brother, Levi, is born afterwards. And afterwards, what happens? Shimon, the brother, does Yibam with Sarah, right? With the next wife, with his wife, right? So you actually see it here a little better, right? So you have two brothers, right? Reuven and Shimon. Reuven dies. After Reuven dies, Levi is born. That's why he's Lo Hayabo Lamo. He was never alive at the same time as his brother Reuven. They never were alive at the same time. And what happens? So then, after Levi's born, Shimon marries Sarah. Okay? Shimon also is married to Rivka. We'll see the timing of Shimon's marriage to Rivka. But Shimon's also married to, to Rivka, and he does Yibam with Sarah. And then what happens? Umes. And then Shimon himself also dies. Okay? So now Levi has a Zikal Yibam to two people, right? Rivka, Sarah, and Rivka who are both married to his brother, Shimon, okay? With regards to Shimon, remember Levi uh, was born before Shimon ever married Sarah, right? He just wasn't born before Reuven died. Uh, sorry, he's, he was born uh, before Shimon dies. He wasn't born before Reuven dies. Fine. So what happens? So it says the Mishnah, The first woman, and we're going to see, we're going to define the first and second Maybe in different ways in the Gemara, but the first one, presumably Sarah, right? She does not marry Levi. Why not? Because she is Ashes Achiv Shalahi Abba right? She is the wife of a brother who, to whom Levi had never really been a brother in a sense, because they were never alive at the same time. So, because of this concept of Ashes Achiv Shalahi Abba the wife of a brother who was never alive at the same time as his other brother, right? So, what happens? So, Sarah is now out from Yibum, meaning, as we said before, she, you know, you know typically, 
the 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 mitzvah of yibum overrides the isra of eshazach, right? Overrides the isra of a woman who was your brother's wife, who typically is forbidden to you. But yibum says it's okay; they can get married. They can be, uh, we, we override that isra. Um, however, when the brothers were never alive at the same time, and we're going to see the drasha which tells us what it is, when the brothers weren't alive at the same time, that you know, overriding that issue doesn't apply, and Yibam doesn't apply to that, to that scenario. Okay, so, so therefore that's why, she's out, she leaves, meaning she doesn't need Yibam, she doesn't need Chalitza, she needs nothing. She and Levi can never perform Yibam. Fine, and Levi's the only, the only brother alive right now, right? Okay. And the second woman, Rivka, also goes free, Mishum Tsarasa, because she's a Tsaras Erva, right? It's, that's why this is one of the first, one of the 15 cases we mentioned in the first Mishnah, that even though Rivka technically could marry Levi, could do even with him, but Shin sees the Tsara of a woman who cannot, so she also is off the hook. No Yibum, no Chalitza. That's the case of Eishes Achiv Shalohayalabolamo that the Mishnahs talk about originally. Remember, the Mishnah never gave explicitly gave, explained the case, right? If you're just looking at Mishnahs, right? You had a Mishnah which gave you 15 cases. This is one of them that never explained it. So the next second Mishnah says, hey, what is that case? And is now just explaining what it is. Okay? Um, continues the Gemara. No, sorry, continues the Mishnah. Asa Bamaimer Umes. Right? But what would happen in a situation of, go to this case now, right? What happens if Asaba Maimer remains? Meaning, Ruvain. So the, all the, the whole case is the same, except for one thing, right? Ruvain is married to Sarah. He has a brother, Shimon. He dies. Levi is only born after Ruvain dies. Shimon goes ahead now and does Maimer with Sarah. Remember, Maimer is like the Dirabanan Kiddushin, right? The Kiddushin that we make uh, a man do with a woman with whom he's supposed to, to uh, perform Yibam. The real mitzvah yibum, as we said before, is tashu shamita, right? It's actual, the actual physical uh, sexual relationship. But, but uh, mimer is like a more menschlich to actually do some type of ceremony, uh, you know, ahead of time, which is midrabana. Uh, but let's say Shimon only did the mimer. He never, they never actually lived together, right? So he didn't actually do the full yibum midraisa. He only did mimer, which is only yibum midrabana. Um, so if he did so, and then he dies before they ever live together, now what happens in that case, right? In that situation, what happens? Is Rivka really a co-wife of an HS actually Shalohi Abolamo? Midaraisa, is she? The answer is no, right? Thank you, Arnon. She's not, right? Because Midaraisa, they never, they never uh, performed Yibam at all. So what happens in that case? Asaba Maimar Umais, so Shimon does Maimar with the second, with the original wife with Sarah, and he dies. Shnia Chaletzes Vloyimis Yabemes. So Rivka has got to do Chalitza, but she can't do Yibam. Why? Because Midar Raisa, she requires Chalitza still, but Midar Abban won't allow it because, again, it looks too similar to, you know, Eshazach Shalaya Beloma. Fine. That's the, that's, that's the Mishnah. Um, If you want to look at Rashi just for a minute, the second line from the bottom, we basically explained everything without Rashi, but look at just the last point here. Shniya Chaletzes, in this case, of the case where they did Mimer, um, where again, where Ruvet, Shimon did Mimer with Sarah, but he didn't actually live with her. So what happens? To the Shoshniya, the Rivka, is Chaletzes, says Rashi, Velo Miftera Mishum Saras Erva, she's not really Ptura, 
from doing Yibam because she's a Tsaras Erva. She's not really, because again, Sarah never actually did Yibam with Shimon. Um, the Lav Tsaras Amamashi, because they're not really Tsaros. I mean, they're right. So, Velom Yisabemis, but she can't do Yibam. The Maimra Kona Mikzas, because Maimra does something, right? Vahad Tsaras Erva, be Mikzas, Midirabana. I mean, Mikzas meaning a little bit, but it doesn't really mean a little bit. It means Midirabana it worked, but Midiraisa didn't do anything. And that's why in that case, um, she does Chalitza, but we do not allow her to do Yibam. Okay, so that's the, um, that, that's that case. Fine. So the Mishnah, the, the Gemara now is going to take apart these cases and try to understand the Mishnah a little better as it usually does. So says the, uh, I'm actually going to, uh, let's see. I'm going to stop sharing for a minute, it's easier I can see you guys a little bit. Okay, so the Gemara says as follows. Amr of Nachman, any, any questions so far? In that case, in the Mishnah? Okay. All right. So it says the Gemara is false. Amr of Nachman, says of Nachman, man detani rishayna lo mishtabish, or man detani shniya lo mishtabish. Mishtabish means mistaken. He didn't make a mistake. So what do you mean? The one who caused them first didn't make a mistake, and the one who caused them second didn't make a mistake. What does that mean? So look at Rashi. Rashi says, man detani rishona, man dekari la rishona, lahach shenafnif levi shnei pa'amim, the person who referred to, see, I shouldn't have stopped sharing the screen. The person who refers to uh, this woman, Sarah, right? Let's get out of all the, the scarier uh, things here, right? Sarah and Rivka, right? So who's Rishona and who's Shnia? So our Mishnah used the language of Rishona, right, is Petura, and Shnia is Petura because it's Sarah's Erva. So we assume Rishona means Sarah, and Shnia means Rivka, okay? So says the Mishnah, says the Gemara, if you want to call Sarah Rishona, that's fine. Right? The woman who fell before, oh, sorry. Right? The woman who fell to Levi two times, right? Meaning Sarah falls to, to him twice, right? In a certain sense, right? She has two, two, uh, you know, first she's, she's a, you know, has a Yibum situation with Shimon, and then she in theory has a Yibum situation with Levi. Not fully, right? She doesn't have to do Yibum with him. But calling her Rishona and Shnia, so that's that either one makes sense. I mean, if you call her Rishona and you call her Shnia, that's fine. Okay? Um, what does that mean? It says the Gemara continues, Mandatani Rishona, you turn the page to the Islamic base. Mandatani Rishona Lomishtabish, my Rishona, Rishona Nafila. Right? Meaning if you call her the first, that makes sense. Why? Because why is she Rishona? She's Rishona because she fell first in Yibum. Rashi says, Rishona the Nefila, Shenafla Rishona Libum Kodemis Lazu Bapam Rishona. Right? She was, Sarah was the first one who became, uh, who became uh, Azikal Yibum to Shimon. Fine. Umad Tanishniya, Lo Mishnabesh, and if you want to call her second, again, the Mishnah was pretty clear. The Mishnah referred to Sarah as Rishona and to Rivka as Shniya. That's pretty clear. But the Gemara is just saying, in theory, you could have called Sarah either Rishona or Shnia. That would have been fine either way. Okay? Um, you want to call her the Shnia, it's also not a problem. Why? Because you could call her second, because she was the second one to marry Shimon. What do we mean? Look at Rashi. Right? Meaning Shimon, and here's where the Gemara is going to get into a little conversation here. But... What is our assumption when reading, at least at this point, that Shimon, right, Ruben's married to Sarah, Shimon's married to Rivka. This happens before anybody dies. 
then Ruvain dies, and Sarah comes to join Shimon and Rivka. Okay? So if you call Sarah Rishona, that makes sense. Why? She's the first one in the story to have any Yibam done with her. But if you want to call her Shnia, that also makes sense because she's the second person, the second woman to show up in the Shimon family. She's the second wife in the Shimon family. And therefore, calling her Shnia wouldn't be totally incorrect either. Okay. So says the Gemara, wait a second, what are you talking about? Milo Askinan, the Yabam Kanas, says the Gemara, wait a second, why are you telling me that? That's not really true. Right? Could, you're assuming that the case is that Shimon was already married to Rivka, right? And then he, that would be Kanas Ba'achach Yabam. He'd already married Rivka, and then he does Yibam with Sarah. Milo Askinan in a different case. Are we thinking, couldn't we also say the case is the opposite? That he did Yibam Ba'achach Kanas? Isn't it possible that he, was married, that he wasn't married to anybody? Right? Yibam can happen in a scenario where the man, the, the, the brother is not married at all. And what happens? His brothers, his brother, you know, Shimon's not married at all. Ruvain's married. Ruvain dies. So Shimon, his first wife, happens to be his wife's, his brother's previous wife. Isn't that possible? That he married Sarah and then he takes another wife, Rivka. That's possible also. And why would that be a problem? If that's, if that's true, then Sarah is, is Rishona because she's the first one to, to do Yibam in the story. And she's also Rishona to Shimon. In which case, calling her Shniya wouldn't make any sense. So why, why is the Gemara telling me, yeah, you could call her Shnia also, because she's Shnia Lidisuin. That's not true. Milo Askin and the Yom Vachakanas, isn't it possible that the case would be that he, that he first got married to her, that he first did Yibum with her and then married the second woman? So, Elamai Shnia, Shnia Binisuin. No, why are you going to call her Shnia? It doesn't mean that you can call her, that when the Gemara says you can call her the Shnia, it doesn't, just, it doesn't mean Shnia that she got, she was the second one to show up in the Shimon family, but it means that she was married two times, right? Shnia binisuin, that she got married twice. Right, Rashi says, El Shnia binisuin, in the second skinny line, Shani says, Shnei pa'amim, Fine, so the bottom line is, that's okay, we can call her. It makes, it's still okay if you wanted to call her Rishona, or you want to call her Shnia, we don't, we don't mind. Um, fine. Uh, interesting, like, why the Gemara wants to cares that much about the question of whether she's called Rishona or called Shnia, like who, who really cares? Um, like, meaning, when, we care, when I say who really cares, what I mean is that usually the question of, you know, these types of questions, like first or second, like the language has some type of nafkamina, right? It has some type of, has some type of you know, practical difference in halakha uh, or in how you understand the case. So I guess the answer would be, at first when you read it, you're like, who really cares if she's called Rishona or Shnia? And, I, and presumably the answer is, well, actually, this little conversation about Rishon and Shnia actually led us to explain that actually um, the case doesn't have to be only a case where Shimon had been married already and then, married, then does Yibam, but it could even be a case where he was uh, never married, does Yibam first, and then gets married. You know, so the, the truth is, it could be the only reason the Gemara brings up the conversation is to get us to that point, just to clarify that it could be in, in either scenario. Um, but fine. Fine. So the Gemara now continues, though. So it's very nice. We now explained what is the case of Eishas Ha'ach Shaloi Abolamo, which is probably one of the more complicated cases in the entire previous Mishnah. So we explained it. But now the Gemara says that's very nice, but where does it come from? How do I know that this is a problem? Right? How do I know from a Pasuk? How do I know that a brother who had never been alive at the same time as his other brother as the brother who died, cannot perform Yibam. How do I mean that's an Isser, right? Rashi says, Hei Chaksiva, Rashi says, Li Yisura. 
right? How do I know that there's an Isser in such a case for Levi to perform Yibam with Sarah? How do I know that? Okay, not, how do I know that she can't marry Rifa because of Tzara's Erva? That we spent all last, last parak explaining. We're just asking, how do I know that this guy Levi is out of the running to do Yibam with Ruvain's wife because he and Ruvain were never alive at the same time? So says the Gemara, well, explain, we'll tell you how. Amar Kura is a pasuk that says, and I think we mentioned this already earlier when, we, um, when the case came up originally. Maybe, I forget if it was in the Gemara for Ashley himself pointed it out. But the pasuk says as follows. Ki Yeshua, and this, this is the psukim that talk about Yibam uh, says as follows. Ki Yeshua achim yachtav. Right, that mean brothers live together. Right, the whole pasuk is that the brothers are living together and then what happens? One of the brothers dies, the other brother should go ahead and marry his wife. So we sit with the pasuk says they're living together. Says the Gemara, right? What does it mean that they're living together? It means that they're alive in the world at the same time. Right? Coming to was the so who needs a pasuk to say right? What do I need it for? Right? It's not necessary. You could just say when there are brothers. The fact that it goes out of its way to say that they're living together yachtav comes to me that some, there's some chiddush here, there's something that's coming to teach me, and the answer is, that's coming to exclude those who were not alive at the same time. It continues the Gemara, Yachtav, Miyuchadim Benachla, and another drasha that's made from this Pasuk actually, is the word Yachtav, the, first, the, word, the fact that the word says that they have to be Yachtav, comes to teach me that they have to be Miyuchad, right? Yachtav doesn't really mean, it usually means together, but here, the Gemara makes a drasha on the, on the word, Yachtav, Miyuchadim Benachla, right? that they were the only ones who could get the, uh, um, the nachla, they could, they could both inherit their father, prat la'achiv mina'im, right, comes to exclude the brother who is a brother from your mother, right, because brothers from, mother, from a mother do not share Yerusha, right, Yerusha comes from the father to the sons, from a halachic perspective, that's the reason why it's important to have uh, a uh, halachic, halachic will, so that you can, if you have sons and daughters, everyone can get things the same, but another conversation for a different time. But the, the, the Nakhla t- technically goes from father to his sons. If, there's a, if he has another, right, if, there's a, if I have a brother with whom I share a mother, right, but I don't share a father, we're not going to be connected in terms of Yerusha. Right? He gets Yerusha from his father, I get Yerusha from my father. And their Yerushas, are, their, their inheritances are separate. Um, so again, comes to therefore, the word Yachtav comes to exclude a brother from, from a mother. That's why Yibum can only take place with brothers who are both alive at the same time and brothers from a father. Fine. Rabba Amar, Achin Mina'av, Yalif. So, so Rabba says, I'll tell you a different drasha. How do I know this idea of Achin Mina'av? Again, not the, case, not the question we're asking of... of, of um, but the second, the second drasha here from Yachtav, Rabbi says, no, I can tell you, I can learn this idea that the brothers have to be brothers from the same father from somewhere else. Yalif, achva, achva Yaakov. I can learn from the word achim, we're going to see, which comes from B'nai Yaakov. Okay, it doesn't mean we're learning it directly from B'nai Yaakov, but we're learning it from the word ach from B'nai Yaakov, and the word ach, or achim from B'nai Yaakov, and the word achim from Yibum. Why would I not learn? Uh, well, let's learn the drush and then we can tell you what we're not going to learn. Okay? So you see that the, just like when the brothers come to Yosef, and what do they say? They say, right? we're, we're all from the same father. That's exactly what they say to him, right? 
So the, uh, yeah, look at Rashi. Rashi says, Achva, Achva, it's like four or five lines down in the skinny lines in Rashi on the left side. Ki Yeshua Achim, Shnei Masar Achim, right? The Pasuk says, Ki Yeshua, by Yibu says, Ki Yeshua Achim, and by, uh, by Yosef, the story of Yosef, they come to Yosef and they say, Shnei Masar Achim, and Bnei Avinu, right? We're, we're 12, 12 brothers from the same father. So you see that the word Achim by Bnei Yaakov means Achim Mina Av, right? We're all brothers, all from the same father. So when the Pasuk here says, Ki Yeshu Achim Yachdav, that brothers live together, so we see there that it should also mean from the same father. I don't need this Yachdav Miyuchadim Minachala, I can just use the word Achim, just like Achim in one place means from the same father, so too Achim uh, here should mean from the same father. Um, Okay, why can't I just learn from the Pasuk by Bnei Yaakov? By Bnei Yaakov it says, what do you mean? It's Achim and Bnei, you know, uh, um, the Pasuk there itself says that Achim is Bein Ishachat, right? We're Bnei Yishachat, we're all from the same father. So first of all, what would you say? Why can't I learn from that Pasuk directly? Any thoughts? That Pasuk is not, that Pasuk is, is before the Torah is given, Right? That Pasuk is a story that happens to the Bnei Yaakov before there's even a, before Matan Torah, that's number one. Um, you know, number two, you can say it's an exception, there's a specific state, Bnei Yishachar uh, But the point is, we're not learning specifically only from that case, right? We're learning from the language that the Torah uses, which again, interesting conversation with different time, whether the brothers actually used, used that exact language when they spoke to Yosef, but that's, that's the language the Torah uses, right? We're referring to them as Achim, Bnei Yishachar. So the fact that the Torah chose the word Achim, by when it's ben, Bnei Yishachar, and then here, Ki Yashu Achim, the same exact word, so you see that within the Torah's language, the language of Achim means Bnei Yishachar. Right? So that's, that's what the, so it's like, so it's like Achim over here by Bnei Yaakov means Bnei Yishachar, so Ki Yashu Achim, which is in, later on, right in the Sefer Devarim, where we're teaching the Halacha, right? it says Ki Yashu Achim, so the same word Achim can mean uh, Bnei Yishachar. Fine. So he says, so that's the Rabbah's point. Rabbah says, don't, don't, don't tell me, um, Rabbi Yudah Marav, that it means Yachtav, Yimuchad Benachala, but rather from the, I can make a Gzair Shava from, from the Bnei Yaakov to the case of Yibam. That's how I know they're, they're Ach, Ach Mina'av and not Ach Mina'ev. Fine. So it says the Gemara, not so fast. Vileilif, Achva, Achva, Me'arayos. Maybe I should learn the word Ach, Achim from, from the Halacha by, by the Isuray Arayos. Why? Look at Rashi. Rashi may Arayos, because by Arayos it says, Ervas Eishes Achicha. The kind of common, Yavamto, Achicha Minaim, Right? If a person marries his brother's wife, right, typically, as we've said before, that's one of the Arayos, the exception being Yibum. So the Pasuk there says, Ervas Eishes Achicha Lo you should not uh, marry your brother's wife. And the Gemara there, Darshins, Achicha is. Uh, Amina aim, even if she's not Amina Av, meaning my brothers, even my brother from my, from my mother has this Isser. So if Achicha there means even Amina aim, so maybe Achim here mean also means Amina aim. Why don't I say that? So how, how do I know that, 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 that one Zer Shav is correct and the other one is incorrect? How do I know to learn from Bnei Yaakov and not to learn from the case of Arayos? So says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. Donin Achim me'achim ve'in Donin Achim me'achicha. Because in one case, the, uh, the, the word is so simple, the word is exactly the same, right? You have Achim and Achim, Ki Yeshu Achim, and Shnei Masar Achim, Bnei Ayin Shachar Right, so when the, the, by, by, 
the comparison of the, of the, of the words, the word by Ben Yaakov is Achim, and the word by Yibam is Achim, Mamish. It's the same exact word. When it comes to Arayas, it's the word Achicha. It says, really? It says, my nafkamina, what are you talking about? What's the difference? Right? Since we're we so careful, there are many Xer Shavas that are made when it's not being the exact word, but it's very close. So the Gemara says, no, Ha'atana the baby Bishmal, oh, sorry, it contains the Gemara's question, Ha'atana the baby Bishmal, Vishava Kohen Uba Kohen, Zuhi Shiva, uh, uh, Shiva Zuhi Bia. Basically, without going into all the details there, the Gemara makes a Xer Shava between the Kohen who would come and the person's house has Saras, um, they would, uh, there is halachos about what the coin does when he shows up the first time and when he comes back a second time, that he takes, he takes the bricks out of the wall, he plasters the wall again, etc. All the things that he has to do. And the Gemara there makes the Gzair Shavu between Uba coin Veshava coin. The words are even different words. Right? But the word Uba, Ba Veshav, he comes and he comes again, he returns, it's the same thing. He's just returning, he's coming back, he's being Ba a second time. In that case, the Gemara actually makes the Gzair Shavu between two words which are different, but they mean the same thing. Ba Veshav. Right, to come and to come again. And the point is that there, the Gemara makes even the words aren't even the same at all. So if that's true, certainly here, Achim and Achicha, which are basically the same word, why can't they make a Gzair Shava there? And just the Gemara, and we'll finish with this. Right, so the Gemara says, well, that's true, you're right. Sometimes we're stuck. Sometimes we have a Gzair Shava, which are two, two words, which are very similar, but they're not exactly the same. And we don't have a choice, right? We're stuck. We don't have all the cases, right? That's all we have. Um, so when we don't have something that's similar, Bavishav, which means the same thing, even though it's a different word, so we have, we're stuck. We use that as the Gzair Shavah. But in a situation where we have the exact word, we have Achim and we have Achicha, I'd rather use Achim, Achim, the exact word, rather than use a word which is similar but not exact. So we're, we'll, uh, we'll continue here uh, tomorrow to continue this, uh, this conversation. Okay, I should go.